What is going on, dads? Welcome to The Betwixt. It's episode 70, recorded on Sunday, November 7th, 2021. I'm your host, John Solo, today. Thank you for joining us tonight for some Nintendo NES. That's right. We're back. Uh, episode 62, about eight episodes ago, I did a top 10 SNES list. Um, I figured it's time to do some NES. Um, I was in the car yesterday thinking about it, and uh, I was like, what are my favorite NES games? And um, I put a put a nice list together over the last day, and uh, I want to talk about it before we begin. Um, Drew is just... What time is it now? Drew... The timing of this is Drew is just about to start his extra life with Hambone Johnny. They're going to be playing Mario Golf. Um, can't wait to watch some of that. Uh, my beloved Broncos are coming on at the same time, so there's going to be a little dual screen action. Um, by the time you hear this, Extra Life will be over. Um, you can still donate after Extra Life ends, um, but hopefully, um, you know, you've been able to participate, um, you know, donate, watch the dads, um, just whatever you can do to support Extra Life. Um, my favorite moment so far, I mean, besides you know, Drew representing our show well and, and destroying Hambone Johnny. Uh, but my, my, my moment so far is watching Marty fall asleep towards the end of his 24 hour marathon yesterday. Um, I had, I had turned it on sporadically throughout. Um, I always like people, I like watching people play games in like the middle of the night. Um, I used to like watching, uh, you know, uh, Pat, the NES punk would do his NES marathons. I don't know if he does them anymore. Um, and just, you know, it's fun to watch in the beginning, but it's fun to see what they're doing at 4 a.m. Uh, usually very, um, zombie-ish. Um, but anyways, I was kind of tuning in and out with Marty. And at one point yesterday I, I tuned in and he was playing Mario Party and I'm telling you, I was like watching him and he was doing, uh, the boat game, you know, where you have to do the flags. And, uh, I was like, is he sleeping? He looks like he's sleeping, but like, I thought he was still competing. And I was like, well, no, he's competing. And then I realized that, like, it was the computer that was still competing that he had, he had, <laughs> good for him, it was 21 hours in, I'm not blaming him at all. Um, but yeah, that was fun, I played a little Mario Kart with him um, the first night as well, so, um, good time. So, um, let's talk um, what we've been playing, um, I will talk about this more next week. Um, I've got some like personal issues going on back, uh, back home in New York with the family. Um, my mom's been sick. Um, so I've spent the last couple of weeks kind of in a rut. Um, uh, that's why I haven't really kind of started anything, but, um, I, uh, needed something to distract myself a little bit. And I started picking up Monster Hunter Rise again. Um, I had kind of put it down. I think... I think i was like hunter rank four or five maybe it was like five um i had gotten up to the six star battles i believe um when i put that down i kind of felt like the it was getting a little repetitive but um with the announcement of the uh, the new expansion coming out this spring and i had been wanting to get the mega man dog um there was a mission that will unlock the mega man dog which i thought was really cool so, uh, yeah, I started this back up. It's been really helpful to sort of not only distract myself, but the, the fights are so intense. Uh, it kind of gets your adrenaline going. Uh, it's made me feel a lot better. 
And I have gotten so far into this game. By my count, I'm, I think I'm up to the May content because um, there's always new expansions. And I'm at like Hunter rank 71 right now. Um, I've beaten every star quest. Um, I still have a, about half the event quests to do. They're pretty hard too. Um, but I've gotten really good. I, I, I know I've gotten good because I've gotten to the point where I used to be the one that would faint and ruin a quest. Now, when other people faint on my quest, I get really mad at them. Um, not mad in a vocal way. I don't really do voice chat and I play with randos, but <laughs> I mutter to myself while I play. Um, but I've learned so much about this game over the last couple of weeks. I've gotten so far into it. I'm really enjoying it. And I know I, I've basically set myself up for the next time a Monster Hunter game comes out. I'm going to be all over it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm going to be all over this spring expansion. Uh, I'm going to take some time off of work for that one. Um, so I'm, I'm all in on the Monster Hunter universe. Not sure if I want to play stories, though. I, I think I just like doing the Monster Hunter stuff. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about that next week because it's mostly what I'll have played for two weeks. Um, but I've had a lot of fun with that. So let's talk about NES. Um, the first NES isn't the first system I played. The Atari and television were the two systems I played um, the youngest. Um, and it's amazing when I just close my eyes and remember memories of Atari and television to know that that memory occurred before the Nintendo existed. It's just bizarre to know what was going to happen from a company I'd never heard of. Um, but the first time I saw NES, I was in elementary school. I think it was probably fourth or fifth grade. And I had these two friends, uh, Jason Gaffner, Loring Allen. And uh, Jason, I always remember, he was just such a brilliant guy. He was actually on Double Dare as a contestant. And to this day, I still idolize the guy. He was on Double Dare. Um, and then Loring was, uh, they were like best friends in school, and I was kind of friends with them. But one day after school, um, I went over to where they lived. They, they were really good friends because they both lived in the same apartment building, kind of nearby the school. So after school, I went with them and uh, hung out at their apartment. And at first, I think I hung, I had hung out at, I think it was Loring's apartment, and he had an Atari. And so we played some Atari. And uh, that was fun, Mega Mania, all that stuff. And then we went over to Jason's apartment, and he had a Nintendo, an NES. And that was the first time I had seen it. Um, he had Super Mario. It was just a blast. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I'm sure Loring probably didn't like that Jason had the NES, but um, that was the first time I saw the NES. And that's when I knew that I wanted it. Um, sometime later, I don't know, maybe it was that year, because I must have said, I want an NES, Mom. Um, I asked for an NES for Christmas. I was a bit of a snooper. Um, my mom hid the gifts in her closet. And I knew that. And I was a snooper. And these days, I don't even want to know what I got for things like Christmas. I love the surprise. That's the best part. I don't like spoilers. I don't want to know what happens before Nintendo Direct. Um, but yeah, I was big, big time snooper then. So me and my friend Glenn, uh, he's my uh, best friend. And we spent like our summers together almost every day. Um, went snooping around. And um, I found the NES. It was wrapped. I mean, this is a wrapped NES. Um, I was like, ooh, it's an NES. And then I was able to identify the games. And I remember peeking at the games. Um, the only one I remember is 10-Yard Fight. Um, I remember like peeking, and I couldn't quite tell what it was. I eventually had gone through the wrapper so much that I had messed it up. 
And it was like, okay, this is 10-yard fight. This is great. This wrapping looks bad. Like, my mom is going to know that I did this. So I made a very smart decision, very impressive smart decision for myself as a kid, that instead of just leaving this present badly, partially unwrapped, knowing my mom would recognize that, I just unwrapped the thing and hid it under my bed. And Christmas morning came, I unwrapped the NES. I was like, oh, wow, and all that stuff. And then sometime after we, we used to take a break for uh, breakfast, I snuck 10-yard fight under the tree, just left it open. And um, yeah, that's how I did it. I think my mom might have made mention of like, oh, I didn't see you open that or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did. Um, which is weird because we often videotaped our <laughs> Christmas openings. Um, but yeah, and so 10-yard fight actually means a lot to me more than most people. I actually really do enjoy the game. It's a terrible version of football. It's a perverted, awful version of football where you control, I think you have like eight guys on your team and you control them all at once. And they, they run in these like rectangular directions. It just doesn't, it's not even a reasonable facsimile of football. Um, but I just love it so much. I love doing kickoffs. You can really time things and stuff. It's just, don't think about it as football. Think about it more as whatever flipping sport you think it is. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of sports games as a kid. Um, I didn't play any RPGs, um, with the exception of one that we might talk about later. Uh, but I didn't play nothing. I mean, like I had sports games and some action games. Um, I was not into RPGs. I did not play Final Fantasy, you know, Dragon Warrior, none of that. So, um, yeah. Um, so what we're going to do, let's talk about the rules of this list. Um, just like last time, there's not going to be any Mario or Zelda games on this list. I just feel like it would take up too much. Um, surely Super Mario 2 would be on the list. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2 um, would be probably on the list i love them a lot um mario 3 i don't know the colors for some reason mario 3 isn't just i recognize it as amazing but it never really captured me um i'm gonna try to do this list through the lens of time right if a game has uh, kind of grown old or aged badly if i really loved it as a kid it'll be on this list so it's basically capturing what i thought when i played it um, not like looking back on it today. I'm not going to give any games awards for being great games if I never really enjoyed it or I don't feel like it's good now. Um, it's captured uh, when I played it. Um, and then once again, this list is mine. Don't take offense if your game isn't on there. Um, these are the games that I loved. Um, I, I'm not ranking them theoretically. I'm ranking them as I enjoyed them. And I'll talk about when I enjoyed them. Um, so if your favorite game isn't on this list, there's no reason to take offense. Make your own list. <laughs> uh, this is not a top 10 best games on NES. This is top 10 favorite games on NES. And with that, let's begin. Number 10, Anticipation. Who played this game? Anticipation was like a board game game. And it was essentially, it looked like a Trivial Pursuit board. There was four pieces. Um, it was a ice cream cone, a trumpet, um, like a pair of shoes, and a teddy bear. And so it was just like a board game. And so think about Trivial Pursuit, but instead of like trivia questions, 
it would bring up a the card would come up and it would bring up um, a, a connect the dots board. So you'd see nothing but dots and then you would see lines connecting those dots slowly as a timer's going. And then you can buzz in when you knew what the object was. So that's what we did. And this game was so much fun because sometimes the the, the line connecting was so bad um, that the drawings were bad. Sometimes they were good. Sometimes they were clever. Uh, it was just so much fun. And my friend Glenn and I, we played this so many times. And uh, um, there were times when we could, like, guess what it is just by the dots, you know, because the things would repeat, you know, over and over again. There weren't, like, a gazillion objects. Um, so much fun with this. I'll always remember the way the pieces moved. They kind of bounced. The music in this game is great, by the way. Um, everything in the game is polished. Uh, and when you're entering your answer, you have to pick letters. And everything was so good. The sound was so good. Everything. But when the pieces moved, like the ice cream cone, the ice cream, you would see it drooping. Um, the shoes, like everything. It was just, it's so well done. This is a really fun game. It probably hasn't aged well. Nothing, you know, great that you'd play today. But it, I love this one. I really hope they put this on NES Online. I think it would be a, a, a great time. So that's my number 10. Uh, already you can tell this is going to be kind of a weird list, right? I played some weird games when I was a kid. Ready for number nine? Defender of the Crown. This game was on PC, I think, back then. I don't know what other consoles it was on. I don't know how I ended up. I think I rented it. I don't think I actually owned this game. So this game was made by Ultra. And, you know, back then we didn't know. But Ultra was actually Konami. Um, it was just Konami's way of getting around the limit of the number of games that you could put out. And um, this is probably the dorkiest statistic-y game that I played on console. Um, basically, there is this country and the king has died and it's broken up into a bunch of states and you need to go in there and um, take over all the states. Um, so you pick a character. Every character has a different stats of what they're good at, bad at, that sort of thing. Um, I don't remember the game exactly. I, I'd have to play it again. Um, and then you would go. You would start in one little territory, and you'd have to expand out. And you could go and, you know, I'm going to take over this territory. I'm going to, you know, go after this castle, or I'm going to fight these people here. And it, it kind of had a Risk feel to it. Um, I wish I played Risk more, but... Um, you had soldiers, catapults to like attack castles. It's a, it was a good time for me. It, it just, one of those games that I loved going back to, um, the best strategy for this game was to get a good start. If you did not get a good start in this game, you, it was just a slow death for you. Um, so you get a good start, you get aggressive, you attack some castles early, get some land, and then usually you would have a pretty easy time with it. Um, so that's kind of just, you know, that's the kind of game that I love to play. <laughs> um, I'd recommend giving it a shot. It does. It's like it's all about numbers and statistics and whatever, but it's not overdone. It's it's not a lot. Um, the fighting is very is mostly simulation. Um, if you have more people, you'll win. If you're better at battles, you'll win. Um, but it's a good little game. If you've never played it, give it a shot and see. You'll, you actually don't even need a manual for this one. You can figure it out. You might have to play two or three times, but you'll actually figure it out. Um, it's, it's good fun. Okay, number eight. Uh, I don't know why this is on the list. I just like it, so sue me. Number eight is Casino Kid. This was a casino game, obviously. 
Uh, it was a little different than some of the other games because it felt kind of like an RPG. You were a character, you walked around a casino, you go to different tables. Um, there'd be a bunch of blackjack tables, a bunch of poker tables, that sort of thing. And they'd have different limits. And so you had to start out at like, I think there was like one table you could, you could really do to start. And, um, you know, if you want enough money, then you can move on to the other tables. You can go to slot machines. I mean, honestly, I think I learned casino gambling through this game. Um, there was probably games in here I didn't even know how to play until I played Casino Kid. But I just love the RPG aspect of it, that you're just character going around. You didn't just select what game you wanted to play from a list. You actually walked to that table. Um, the different uh, dealers and stuff had different personalities. Um, it was just a good time. There was cutscenes in this game, stuff like that. So I, I really loved it. Um, as with most gambling games, especially in that day, the best way to win would be to just aggressively gamble right at the beginning. Just bet all your money on the first two or three games and just, you know, if you lose, just hit reset and start again, right? It's not it's not a big deal. You don't have to delete your profile. You just hit reset. Um, just go all in and gamble. I can't remember if there was a password too, but you could you could basically, you know, really help yourself by just being super aggressive and then rolling back if you needed to. Um, and this game actually inspired me to build a chess game years and years later. This was the BOS, uh, the B operating system, if you remember that. Um, and I built this server and I built this front end that let you walk around a virtual, I don't know what you would call it, hotel um, and walk up to tables and play chess. So if you wanted to play somebody in chess, you would walk up to a table, sit down in a chair. And if somebody sat in the other chair, a game would start. Um, and a lot of that was inspired by Casino Kids. So. Interesting. It was made by a company called Sofell. Um, not a mainstream company. I think they did some other things, but um, yeah, really like that one. Okay, this one is, I think, the first game on the list that I didn't really find until recently. Um, I would say about six years ago or so. Don't quote me. Um, I started a Facebook group called John Beats the NES or something like that. And it was basically, I was going to play through every NES game and try to beat them all. Um, I love the NES. I collect NES. Um, I have about 700 NES cartridges. I mostly collected them uh, 10 to 5 years ago um, when it was a little cheaper, especially for some of the filler stuff. And um, yeah, I wanted to play through every game. And the best part was often playing games that I had never played before. And so I had this little NES set up. I had my really bad streaming set up going. Um, it was really bad. It was, <laughs> I didn't like it, but, but uh, I would love to do this again because I love playing through NES games. A lot of them are short. Anyway, Eliminator Boat Duel was a game I had never played before. It's most biggest claim to fame is that the end label is spelled wrong. It's like Il Minotaur or something like that. They literally butchered the name of the game on the, the end label. Some people think that makes this game um, a rarity or whatever, but they were all misspelled, so it's not. Um, they never fixed it. Um, it is a boat racing game. It is intense. The races are fun. You don't just stay on one course. It'll actually... Um, there's like segments where they'll do like... Um, uh, kind of like close-ups, uh, different viewpoints. Um, the ends of each match usually end up with like uh, sometimes like a photo finish where the boats come across. There's bikini girls celebrating. There are 
not bosses, but every time you start racing, you'll do like two or three rounds against a particular character. And they're always very funny and, and weird. And then you eventually beat them and move on to the next character. There's winnings. You can spend your money on stuff. Um, it's it's my favorite racing game on the NES. It's so good. Most people have never played it before. Um, there's so much that happens on the track. Um, if you think about... What is that game? Super Off-Road where you have the little mini cars and stuff. You know, you pick up little things on the track, little zoom-ups and stuff like that. Like, that's what this game has, but there's so much to it. Um, this is, like, one of those games when people are looking for, like, uh, a gem, a hidden gem or something. I always bring up Eliminator Boat Duel by Electrobrain. Uh, so good. Um, that's my seventh favorite. Number six, this one... I Did I own this one? This is a game by all accounts is probably a bad game uh it's made by broderbund it's called spelunker and i don't think i knew anybody that played this game or enjoyed this game this is the same company and broderbund we kind of know they made the u-force for the nes so this is not like a company with a track record but they made spelunker and i gotta tell you it is so damn fun um the the thing here is you are you kind of like you're, you're going through mines. You're a spelunker. Um, you're going through mines. There's all this variety in how you're traveling. Most of the time, there's like vines and ropes all over the place, and you have to jump from the vine to the rope to the platform. Um, there's parts of the platform that go up and down. Um, there's all these like, just there's so much stuff to find, lots of little enemies and whatever. The thing I'll always remember about it is the game is so touchy. If you fall from any kind of distance, you'll die. Even if you're on a rope, and you like jump off the rope to the the land, the platform. If you were just a scooch too high, you'll die. It's just super, super, super touchy. Um, you have to get really good and really disciplined with every motion you make. Um, you can't just kind of slouch this game. You have to be very on point. Um, but what makes this game really, really good besides is is a challenge. It's tough. Uh, but there's, there's an ending. You can actually get to an ending. You go through all of these mines. I, I, I don't think it's randomized, um, but you'll never really remember the whole path. But I don't think it's like some random thing. I think it's the same every time. Um, but yeah, there's like a whole ending. It's very satisfying. Uh, I love it. Um, uh, uh, Spelunker. Okay, number five. Gotta be pro wrestling. Um, there was a bunch of wrestling games on the NES. I think all of them are garbage, except for pro wrestling. Uh, my friend Glenn and I played this game. I'm not even going to joke. We might have hit the thousand hour mark in this game in our lifetimes. Um, when I visited New York a few years ago, I went to go uh, visit him in Connecticut. I brought my Switch with me. And guess what we played? We played pro wrestling on Nintendo Switch Online. It was great. Uh, my character was always Fighter Hayabusa. I picked him because he was probably the most boring character in the game. But he had this like angled kick that he would do. And so I could like do the kick. So I would like hover around my friend, like little, he would be on the top and the bottom, like hovering. And I mean, he just wants to like fight me. And I'm just like, just do like the, the back brain kick. I think it was called. Uh, my friend would always pick Starman. And um, Starman was one of the cooler characters in the game. Most people choose Starman. Um, and we would just do Hayabusa versus Starman all the time. I had a little technique for winning on a count out out of the ring. I would like throw him out of the ring and then do the jump from the ring onto him in the concrete. And then what I found just as a kid, just, just by playing 
is if I can get back into the ring and do that same jump a second time, um, I could do it a third time and he would be counted out. It was like a 20 second count out. So, so, um, that was just my, I had those main moves and, oh my God, we made sound effects the whole time. Recently, I have switched from Fighter Hayabusa to King Slender when I play. And that was because of the monthly mayhem we did. And I found, I have a, I have a technique for really pressing an NES button really quickly. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't help you when you're using Fighter Hayabusa. So when we were trying to uh, win a pro wrestling match as quickly as possible, it's way easier to just smash the A button really fast to do the backbreaker for King Slender than any other moves. So I would just go in and do Slender. So right now I'm a King Slender guy. I've moved on from Fighter Hayabusa. So next time, Glenn, when we play, I'm going to be King Slender. All right, number four. And you are about to find out who I think was the best developer on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Number four, Rush and Attack from Konami. I don't know what I can say about this game. I, I know it was popular when I was a kid, but I don't. people don't really talk about it much when they go back to Nintendo and their favorite games. I loved Rush and Attack. Um, basically, you are supposed to destroy uh, the enemy's secret weapon. This game has... I mean, not even subtle overtones of the Russian-American relations at the time. Um, but apparently, like, you are the American, and Russia has this uh, secret weapon you have to destroy. And it is, uh, I guess I would call it like a run-and-gun type side-scroller. Um, enemies will come out of the left and the right. Every level ends with a boss. And, I don't know, there's probably about six levels or so? Um each level gets progressively harder, but it never gets crazy hard. Like, there's no level where you're like, oh, I can't stand. Like, once you get to level three, this game gets boring because get, it gets insane. Um, so it gets it gets harder, but not crazy. I just love this game. You know, just you have to manage. Uh, there's like these um, rocket launchers you pick up that can shoot like about three times. And you have to manage where you use that, right? Like, I don't want to use the rocket launcher for these like regular dudes. I want to save it for this. You can duck. There's like mines on the ground at times and you can duck and shoot the mines using the missile launcher. This game's amazing. And then after you get past each level, he'll kind of like jump over a fence. I, I remember the animation perfectly climbs up the fence and then kind of jumps over and puts his hands and legs out and somehow makes that jump. This is just one of my favorite games in the NES. This is going to be my favorite game that, some people have never played or know about, but I think a lot of people have heard about this one and played this one a little bit, but this is my favorite. Rush number number four, Russian Attack. Number three, also from Konami, uh, Castlevania. I love Castlevania. Um, this one, I don't have to describe this one to you, so I won't. I love Castlevania. Um, it's challenging. It's fun. One of the joys of playing Castlevania is one of its worst features is it feels very stiff. Um, noticeably, when you jump in the air, you can't change your direction. You know, in most games, you jump in the air and you can kind of like wiggle back and forth and land perfectly on a platform. There's a lot of platforming in Castlevania. Not a ton, but there is. And, you know, once you get in the air, that's it. You're committed. And I love that about Castlevania. <laughs> um, the Medusa heads... Uh, it never occurred to me when I was a kid how annoying the Medusa heads are. But yes, Medusa heads are really annoying. It's the perfect definition of something that's in a game that shouldn't be. 
the Medusa heads make sense in a game where you can jump in the air and wiggle around and land where precisely. But what happens is when you hit, get hit by a Medusa head, you get knocked back a little bit and you almost always fall down in a pit. Um, it's, it's not a fun time for that stuff. When I was a kid, I never beat this game when I was a kid. I beat this game, I think, about 10 years ago for the first time. I actually took a picture of myself celebrating it. Did really well on Reddit, by the way. Um, I always had a really, really, really hard time with the Grim Reaper, who's the, the penultimate boss. I found it was almost random if I could beat him. I just had to keep going through that level and keep fighting him, fighting, fighting him, even to this day. And eventually I'll get lucky. He just throws so much shit at you. I don't even know how you deal with it. Come to find out, like, later, if you have uh, the the um, uh, the holy water with the triple shot, I mean, you can beat him without the guy even moving. And that is that is my biggest complaint about the game, is some of the bosses, um, you can destroy simply by having the right sub-weapon. I think that's fun. I think there's good strategy there. But the thing about the sub weapons is sometimes you can't get them again. Like if, you know, if you go through the level, like you might have trouble finding it. Um, I just feel like an enemy can be easier maybe with uh, the right sub weapon, but it shouldn't be like the only way to really beat this guy is with a sub weapon. Um, but other than that, I love it. Dracula is really hard. I still have trouble with him when I fight him. Um, and he's got two forms, and you just really have to know how to handle that second form. You really have to keep that second form in check. And again, the holy water really helps. Uh, I think the holy water is the best weapon in the game because it freezes even the bosses in place. Um, so you can throw the holy water, hit him with a whip, throw the holy water, and that's kind of the, the format for a lot of the bosses. And I think that's, that's the, the biggest problem with the game, but um, absolutely love it. It's my favorite Castlevania on the system. Um, still never played Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Um, and I did love three and all, but Castlevania is just a classic. I, I can play it nonstop. Number two, also Konami, but not, but the last, the last Konami, uh, Contra gotta be Contra. Um, whenever I set up my, my NES, I always will play some Contra. Um, it's just the best game. What can you say? I still have so much muscle memory for this game. When I did my John Beats, I told you about my John Beats um, thing, I decided I was going to play Contra. I knew it could be Contra with the code. I was like, I'm going to be Contra without the code. That's my challenge here, since I know this game so well. And sure enough, um, my first try, after probably having not playing the game for like a, several years, um, I beat it without the code. The first five levels of this game, you can pretty much get through... Uh, without dying because you just know it so much you and even 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 though like sometimes things can just jump on the screen at a moment's notice you're always ready you know when to start getting ready to duck you know when you're you know when that second level when you're jumping straight up you know when there's danger that something might be there that will kill you i love the sound when you die i love the spread gun it's so powerful i love getting you know a spread with rapid um, I know I love the pain of picking up that fire weapon, which stinks, except for against a, a couple of things. Um, I, I know how to handle like, oh, I ended up with a laser weapon. Um, you want to kind of get in and get out, as Drew would say, kiting around. Uh, gosh, I love this. Love this game so much. Um, and Contra, I love so many of the sequels. Super C was a great game. Um, I didn't play until much later in life. Um, Super C is a great game on the NES. 
Um, Contra 3 on the Super Nintendo is just oh, one of my favorites. Um, Hardcore on Genesis, so good. It's just so many good Genesis, uh, so many good Contra games. Um, so that's my number two favorite game on the NES. Which takes us to number one. Uh, this is a game I, um, when the Nintendo Dads asked about games we wanted to put into the Nintendo Dads Hall of Fame, this was my selection. I'll give you a hint on what this game is. It has one of the most famous codes. 007-373-5963. You know what that is? It's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. The best game. My favorite game on the NES. Um, my memory, the first time I ever played this game, my cousin came over the house and he had a, two games with him. He had Karnov and he had Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Neither, I, I don't remember the year, neither game had I played before. We took turns trying to fight Glass Joe, first guy in the game. We could not beat Glass Joe. I think we had to try five or six or seven times. I mean, nowadays, like, it's hard to lose to Glass Joe, but we just didn't understand the goal of the game, you know, waiting for punches, dodging those punches. I don't even know if we knew how to dodge, really. Uh, this game is just, it's so flippin' good. Um, so many great characters. Every fighter, it's not just a boxing game, right? I used to like Ring King on the NES, but... Every fighter has like a strategy. In some ways, it's not even a sports game. It's like a strategy game. Every fighter's got to tell uh, what kind of punches you should throw. Sometimes you have to throw body blows. Sometimes you throw uh, upper blows back and forth. Um, King Hippo was like the height of the strategy, right? Um, so fun. In fact, I think the worst part of this game might be Mike Tyson himself. He's so unfair um, the first minute and a half that you fight Mike Tyson, I shit you not, is still the most stressed out minute and a half in a video game. At, today, back then, no matter if you had to fight Mike Tyson, I mean, just having to stare at him and get ready to duck out of the way in a split second is so hard. Nowadays, that gameplay is actually a little bit ruined. Um, like when people are playing on HDMI because of HDMI lag and stuff that um, it's actually really hard to beat Mike Tyson. Now um, I, I, I think just got to, got to, got to play it on a CRT. Um, I think it was like a couple of years ago with NSO. I had to demonstrate how hard Mike Tyson is because um, we were talking about does rewind make, you know, does rewind ruin games. And I had to make a point by saying, look, look how easy it is to beat Mike Tyson. I used the code. And in the span of like seven minutes, even though I hadn't played the game in a few years, I, uh, I beat Mike Tyson just by using Rewind. Okay. So um, every other fighter, you know, if you use strategy, if you use smarts, if you figure it out, you can beat them. But even Mike Tyson, even when you know what to do, um, he's so insanely hard. That being said, there's, there's people that do blindfold speed runs of the entire game and can beat the whole game in 20 minutes, including Mike Tyson, um, because those patterns exist and they can listen and understand the patterns. And they've analyzed the video to see like, you know, when Mike Tyson throws a punch after a second, his next punch will be a second and then there will be three seconds and there's timings involved. Um, I understand that, but I am not going to play this game blindfolded. Um, so that's my list. Let's, um, 
Let me uh, rehash it before we get into honorable mentions. Number 10, Anticipation. Number 9, Defender of the Crown. Number 8, Casino Kid. Number 7, Eliminator Boat Duel. Number 6, Spelunker. Number 5, Pro Wrestling. Number 4, Russian Attack. Number 3, Castlevania. Number 2, Contra. Number 1, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And only that one. I don't care about Mr. Dream. Um... And remember, this does not include Zelda and Mario games. Um, just makes it too easy. Some honorable mentions. Yes, I left off Metroid. I actually do not like the first Metroid at all. Um, Kid Icarus, very famous NES game. I can actually beat that game. I've actually enjoyed that game. It's not on my list. Um, the closest ones to this list, Ice Hockey. Uh, we've played Ice Hockey way too much in the last year. Um, I love Ice Hockey's strategy over Blades of Steel. Um, being able to choose, like, you know, the fatties, the skinnies, the regular guys. Um, when we did the hockey league this year, I started off with an all skinny team. Um, that's always been my go to. I love the speed. I actually find it hilarious. I laugh while I play. They're just running around so fast and just shooting the puck. And I, I don't care about speed. I'm just, I mean, like, how hard I hit the puck. I'm just like, throw it on goal, throw it on goal, throw it on goal until it goes in. Then my little skinny guys celebrate. Um, but then I switched to an all fatty lineup. And unfortunately, I had too much early success with it because when once we got into the league, um, I was doing very poorly. I think I lost like three or four in a row and I had to adjust my strategy. And that's when I learned for the first time in my life that the fatties are really good at the really bad on face off. Um, so my my hockey team du jour now is three fatties and a skinny. And I always make sure the skinny takes the face off. Um one that was actually on my list, actually in the kind of in the middle, RC Pro-Am. I loved RC Pro-Am. I never beat RC Pro-Am. Um, I would get up to about level 22 where, you know, if you fell behind, you needed weapons to catch up. And I would inevitably just make a bad turn or something. I'm not a perfect gamer. And then I would lose, lose, and then the game's over. Um, but I love RC Pro. I love that you invest your money. You, you put it in the things that you want to put it in. It's like an RPG type game, but I could never beat it. Still loved it. I'll still play it when I have an NES, but I learned today. I didn't know. I learned today that there's no end to this game. The levels just loop. I thought there was like an ending at like level 32. I know for a fact that, um, once the levels loop, like you can consider that you beat the game and you're just doing another loop. But the fact that there's no real ending or satisfying celebration um, kind of dings it for me. And it ended up coming off the list. Uh, another game that almost made the list, Ninja Gaiden. Love Ninja Gaiden. Uh, so, so, exci so exciting of a game to play. Uh, the music is so good. And you're running around, jumping on walls, flipping back and forth and all that jazz. Um, I do love this game still. The thing that really kills Ninja Gaiden is that it has that issue where when you get to the edge of this, like if, if an enemy gets to the edge of a screen and then you kill it, it might come back. You know, that sort of thing that was very common in Nintendo games. It also had a problem where if an enemy got to the edge of a screen and went off the edge of the screen, they might die, especially if you then move forward so they don't like respawn. So there was a few points in this game where I remember there was like some lady going back and forth on a platform that literally just had no space for you to land on and there's bats around. And the best way to get past it is just sort of glitch her off the screen. And I just think stuff like that can ruin a game. Um, I don't like the enemies consistently coming back. So it, it kind of came off this list. Also, the first time you fight the final boss, um, you have a you have a, a puncher's chance. 
But if you die and have to continue, like there are things that become harder about that final boss. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, the final boss is extremely hard. If you ever want to practice a Ninja Gaiden run, though, on the NSO, I mean, besides using Rewind, of course, um, you can actually, um, there is a, what do they call this, an SP version, where you get right up to the final boss with some upgrades. Um, so you can actually practice the final boss all you want on NSO with the SP version. Um, so if you ever wanted to try to do like an end-to-end run, um, that would be a good way to do it. Practice against the boss. Get really good against the boss so that you don't make a full run and then you just die because the boss is just a hoss. Uh, Major League was my favorite baseball game. And I, by today's standards, I think it's like one of the worst baseball games on NES except for baseball, which is a putrid game that Nintendo put out. Um, the thing I love about Ma- Major League is it had a Major League license, but they didn't have the names in there. It just had the players' numbers. And I was a huge Mets fan, still am. So I knew all the Mets I was using by their number, but they their names weren't there. And this game had the, the weirdest thing that I've never seen in another baseball game. If you threw the ball at certain angles, the ball would actually go way faster. And if you played the game enough, you started to figure out the angles. That if you picked up a ball in center field and threw it to second base... It was going to be a very, very slow throw. But if you picked up the ball in center field and moved a little bit to the left and then threw to first base, it would go much faster. So if you were, if there was a runner trying to score, it made a lot more sense to just throw it to a different base and then throw home from that base. And if you played the game enough, you got really good at that. <laughs> so um, That's what I remember by it. Uh, last game, honorable mention, Double Dragon. We all played it. We all loved it. Uh, I love just playing Double Dragon co-op, Double Dragon with a friend. Um, I'd probably beat that game hundreds of times. Just so much fun. That's it. We all know about that. Anywho, what did you think about uh, my list? Was it good? No? You didn't like it? Eh, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, hopefully you enjoyed that list. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, your favorite games, maybe, um, you know, some, you know, off-the-radar games, right? Like, we all know the, the real good popular games. Um, we, all, we all love Contra, Castlevania, all that stuff. What are some games that we may, and maybe people didn't play that you just really loved a lot? That, that I would like to know. So just, uh, you know, reach us on Twitter, however you want. How do you reach us on Twitter? Well, I'm going to let Sadie show you. But for now, good night, dads. The Dads After Dark show is a part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Be sure to join us on the Nintendo Dads Discord in the Dads After Dark show channel for some naughty After Dark talk. Follow us on Twitter at NDadsAfterDark. Ask us a question and we may answer it on the show. That's all for tonight. Good night, dads. Sweet dreams.